Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. What a holiday season it has been. Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm Micah. This is Sarah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Pasco, Washington, and we're excited to be together with you this morning. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful week for us. You know, I picked up my phone earlier this week, and now, you know, phones have gotten so fancy. It showed me a memory of Christmas a long time ago when our girls were really, really young. I think Rachel was three maybe or four. I think she was just three years old. And it showed me this memory, a picture of her receiving a fire truck. And her little face was just all lit up. She was so excited. And so I had to just click on that and then look at the pictures of that day. And I remember that year she was going through this long phase of really, really wanting to be a firefighter. And so for Christmas, she got a fire truck ornament. She got a fire truck toy. She was wearing her little uh, Christmas Eve jammies that had a fire truck right on them. She was so excited. And as I I looked through those pictures, I was just reminded of, of just the joy of receiving and giving gifts. Yeah. Now, there's a Bible story that uh, deals with that, that talks about the idea of gift giving. What we're going to do for the next couple of Sundays is we're going to explore the events immediately following Jesus' mm-hmm. birth or short, following shortly after in the years uh, to come. There's a couple stories told in the book of Matthew. This is an interesting year. The holiday falls on a Saturday and right. Sunday morning we're together and it still feels like Christmas season, right? But uh, so what we decided to do is do some of the stories that follow mm-hmm. up that birth uh, narrative. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter two today. And we're going to be looking at the story of the Magi's, also known as the wise men, also known as the kings. It depends on which translation <laughs> you have and how the Magi came and gave gifts to Jesus. Now, this story is often told right after the nativity story. And so I grew up assuming that it all happened in one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the shepherds came, the angels came, and the shepherds came, and then the magi came. And yet, when we look a little bit more closely into it, likely this event happened when Jesus was one to two years old, mm-hmm. right right in there. So it, it, he was probably a little toddler, maybe even walking at this point. All right, let's read the story. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, this he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. Mm -hmm. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be Uh, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen 
when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love biblical narrative because I love the depths to which you can go deeper and mm -hmm. understand new and interesting pieces to the story that's being told. You know, 2,000 years later, we, we miss so much of the narrative and the the references the context, and the yeah. things, the context of things happening. So we want to take just a minute to place this in its context. Uh, one of the first people mentioned in here is Herod. King Herod. Now, uh, Herod, also known as Herod the Great, he was appointed the king of Judea um, in 37 BC uh, by Rome, who was the dominant world power. Now, Herod the Great was known for building many fort uh, fortresses and aqueducts and theaters. He was also a, a huge supporter of the Olympics. Uh, in fact, uh, some articles really? talk about him saving the Olympics. Uh, it, eventually, he even became the president of the um, Olympics or of the committee. And so, um, he, he did a lot of interesting things in historical, um, terms. Uh, but he also, as we read in this story, had a darker side, right? Mm -hmm. We see him, uh, with, uh, ill intent and trying to kill off Jesus. And in the next text, we'll hear even more about his plot mm -hmm. and intent. And, and history actually tells that same story about Herod, that as he aged, as he got older, this dark side uh, got worse and worse. It tells of increasing um, cruelty and violence and jealousy as he grew older. So we have this king uh, ruling over Judea, uh, Israel's land. They're no longer a sovereign nation, but instead living under this king, Herod. And the Magi come to him. So who who are the Magi? What is a Magi? So different translations, like we mentioned, they're called wise men or they're called kings. Um, but from this account, if we just look at this account in, in Matthew, we actually know very little mm -hmm. about the Magi. We don't know their names. We don't know their nationalities. We don't even know how many there are. Often in the Western church, we think of them as, as three, since there were three gifts. In the Eastern church, traditionally, they say there were 12 magi that came because of the 12 tribes of Israel. But if we look at other historical documents uh, written by historians of this time, we know that Persia at this time had a group of people called magi, and they were priests. They were wise men. They had positions of power and influence, both politically and religiously. And so they believed that the the events of history, the affairs of, of history were reflected in the movement of the stars. And so they would observe the stellar movements and then speculate on uh, about the meaning of those. And so when a, a star appeared, they believed that this signified a very important ruler had been born. And so they followed this star 
and they go to Israel. And naturally, they go to where the ruler is sitting. They go to King Herod, which was the wrong place to go because they go to King Herod and they ask, so where is the new king? Where is this new kid that's been born king of the Jews? Absolutely. You know, there's a really interesting paradox um, in this story. Um, you know, Herod calls together all these wise people to say, where is this Messiah going to be born? And they quote uh, this this passage and it speaks of um, he, this, this Messiah who will shepherd my people Israel. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating, the, the paradox or the juxtaposition here is now we see people from another nation mm -hmm. coming and some of the first to recognize who Jesus is and to celebrate the birth of this Messiah. So yes, there is this element to which Jesus is born into the nation of Israel for the nation mm -hmm. of Israel. But we see in the very beginning of the story of his life also um, uh, the other nations coming in and beginning to be involved. And it speaks to the character of God, I think, in an interesting yeah. way in this text. Um, as God speaks to these magi in their language, right? Uh, he, he gives them the sign that leads yeah. them to the right place into this moment. He'll then speak in one of the languages we see him speaking to people through regularly, through dreams, right? But God chooses to invite this other people into the story in the very beginning. And I think that's a rich and beautiful nuance to the way God is working, not just in Israel, but throughout the world in this time. Absolutely. And that's a part of his larger plan for sure. Mm -hmm. So as, as they leave King Herod, the Magi, the star moves and they are filled with joy. Uh, because they recognize that the star is is moving because of of divine intervention and so they are overjoyed they're filled with excitement they follow the star and they find Jesus and they bow down and they worship Jesus and this is such a beautiful and fascinating part of the story and like you mentioned evidence that God speaks God spoke and continues to speak to different people in different places in different cultures in different ways and even people following different religions. And I, I find that to be just be a beautiful depiction of the heart of God. So the Magi knew that there was something special about Jesus, something divine, that the divine had led them there. And so they humble themselves and they submit to this king by bowing down and worshiping this little toddler. And it is definitely foreshadowing the fact that Jesus is not just king of the Jews, but he is king of all nations and he is king of all people. Absolutely. And they bring with them gifts mm -hmm. um, and they give gifts. This is a beautiful and interesting part of the nativity scenes and how we remember and think about uh, the birth of Jesus. And they bring with them three gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. And um, these are not only of monetary value. They're not only kind gifts in that respect, but they also might have some symbolic value. Uh, historically, the church and the early church recognized in the gold um, a statement of royalty. Uh, this was a gift to be given to royalty, to a king. Frankincense uh, represents um, the uh, priestly and or the divine role that this child would play as they give this gift. And then myrrh is an interesting one, um, representing his humanity and even maybe, maybe foreshadowing 
of his death and burial uh, as it was used often for embalming. And so they bring these gifts of special meaning uh, of what was to come. He would be royalty. He is divine, the son of God, and he will He's very human, and he will experience his crucifixion and death. So, led by God through divine orchestration, these magi come bearing gifts to the new king. And yet, the reality of of this moment is that the greatest gift ever given to the world is Jesus himself. And, and I think that is just beautiful mm-hmm. to think about. I love the words of John, um, the Apostle John. He's very poetic in nature, and he really hones in on this idea of, of God giving Jesus as a gift and also God's motivation behind that. In John 1, 14, John writes, The Word became flesh, and the Word is Jesus. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. In John 3, 16, he writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. In 1 John 3, 1, John writes, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And then in chapter 5, verse 11, he says, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Because of God's great love, God gave the world Jesus. And through Jesus, we have eternal life. Through Jesus, the world and humanity can be made whole again. Jesus is is all people's healer and teacher and savior and king. So today in the season, we remember the idea of gift giving. Mm-hmm. We see these magi that come with gifts for Jesus, but also recognize that prior to them giving any gifts, Jesus' life, his birth is a gift to humanity and an invitation into the life of God in a whole new way and a whole new season. Um, but today as we kind of explore then what does this have to do with our lives? How does this impact our lives? Um, we we want to recognize that, that God continues to give gifts in this world. We celebrate every year Christmas and remember the gift that God gave, but it didn't end there. In fact, God continues to give in a number of ways through the Holy Spirit and God's miraculous involvement in this world. God is continuing to, to give and to act in this world. But additionally, I think it's really important that we acknowledge that God continues to give gifts in this world through his people. From the beginning of the biblical narrative, we read of a God who desires to uh, work with humanity, to walk with humanity in um, caring for his world and bringing good things into this world and into the lives of other people. So we read about it in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He, he chooses humanity to play this special role in caring for it. We read about it in the covenant that he makes with Abraham, with the Israelite people, as he says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to all the world. And we as the church, we have inherited directly this invitation from God to be those through which his blessing would be disseminated, that we would be gifts in this world, that the things God gives to us is not solely for our opportunity or well-being, but instead God gives, continues to give in this world to and through his people. And so today that we want to reflect on that. We want to invite you to reflect on this through, by asking this question. What has God gifted us with that he intends for the world? What has God gifted us with that 
is intended for others, intended for the world. You know, a, a very common way of thinking, especially in, in Western cultures, is that what is what I have is mine and that I earned it and that I deserve it. And this type of thinking can often lead to a very uh, self a centric lifestyle to a very consumeristic lifestyle and also mm. a consumeristic faith that this is just for me. Mm. And instead, today we are invited to recognize that everything we have not only is from God, but everything we have is God's. <laughs> and, and as we receive gifts from God, then we get to enjoy them and also we get to share them with others. And I think there's great joy in this invitation and opportunity. Let's let's be honest. The idea of isolating and hoarding the things that we have to uh, you know for our own purposes, there's not there's not a lot of joy and excitement in that. There is joy when we get to alongside each other find the blessing and the opportunity mm-hmm. that God is showering on us that that when yeah. when you know God's blessing and and gifts flow through us to others and we see the smiles and the good that's being brought about in the world now that's a joyful opportunity and so we ask ourselves today what does it look like you know i was thinking this week about the mindset of abundance mm. and and this idea that God is so generous and so lavishes gifts on us abundantly. And as we receive those, then we are called to have that same mindset that we then get to be generous mm-hmm. generous and, and abundant in our giving as well. So in our lives, what does it look like to be generous as God has mm-hmm. been generous to us? You know, I think one of the first places we ought consider is just our time and our energy. Uh, to do a little inventory in life and ask, where am I spending my time and my energy? And it does does it reflect the way God has invested in in my life? Am, am I recipro- reciprocating that goodness mm-hmm. to people around me? And it happens in our families and in our workplaces. It happens in our interactions with neighbors or someone we're meeting for the very first time. In all of that, the question is, where is my time and energy being committed? And further, then we have our resources and our talents like am I using the things that God has given me the material things that he's given me for the sake of the world around me am I using the talents that I have to bless people and to further perpetuate this idea of God giving and giving through us when I think of God giving I also think of the healing and wholeness that we find on on this journey as we walk with God. And and granted, it's a process. It's a journey. We're we're not complete yet. But we have received, if if you know Jesus, you've experienced his grace and and maybe his healing in specific areas of your life. I know I I have in certain areas. And, And the Holy Spirit is working in us and transforming us. And this, too, is a gift that we get to share. We get to walk with people and say, hey, here's what God is doing in my life. And that sharing of of those stories is is a gift. I also think of just our relational capacity. You know, we were created in the image of God and we serve a very relational God. And right now in the middle of a pandemic and even without the pandemic, there are so many people just longing for community and relationship. And God has invited us to walk with him in relationship. And we too get to walk with others in community and relationship. These are 
incredible gifts that we've been given that we get to use for God's glory. Yeah. And so each of us in our individual lives are asking that question of how has God blessed me and how does he intend for that to be a blessing disseminated into the world? But in a broader context, I think we need to ask the question of we plural, you know, what has God done for us that is intended for the world? And and that's a important question for we, the church, to be asking. What is God doing through us to bring healing and hope in this world. You know, often in our churches, we have mission statements, and you maybe you've been a part of these conversations as we hone in on every little word. And those are good because they articulate yeah. and they focus us in a unique way. But I think it's important we zoom out regularly and recognize that mission doesn't originate with us, uh, but with a God who is, since the fall, engaged in this world to bring about reconciliation and healing and new hope. And so it's important that we check ourselves as a church and say, um, what does it look like for us to both receive and then to give the gifts that God has given to us? What does it look like to be intentional about um, uh, posturing ourselves as participants in God's continued mission flowing out into this world? Such good questions. So uh, today we reflected on the story of the Magi giving gifts to Jesus. And as we reflected on that story, we recognize that Jesus is the greatest gift given to the world. Jesus is God in human form, God giving of himself that we might know him and be whole. And so we want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And we also recognize today that God blesses. God gives to bless the whole world. He gives to us that we might be a blessing to the whole world. So as Jesus followers, we are called to be conduits, so to speak, of God's gifts, of his love and his grace and his healing. We're to experience those gifts ourselves, absolutely, but they're not just for ourselves. They're also for the people around us that we're in contact with, contact with. The gifts of time and energy and resources, again, not just for ourselves, but also for mm-hmm. others. And so we want to invite you and us all and as a community, we want to invite us um, to consider what has God gifted us with that is intended for our community in our world. And so I want to end with um, a poem by Howard Thurman because he says it way better than I could ever <laughs> say it. Howard Thurman um, was a pastor, a theologian. He was an amazing civil rights leader, and he was a prolific writer, um, author. And so he wrote this poem called The Work of Christmas. Take a listen. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the king and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. Mm. The work of Christmas begins. Love that. <laughs> that is that we would be a part of the mm-hmm. mission of God, bringing healing mm-hmm. and hope in the world. Very nicely written. Let's pray as we close out today then. God, thank you for this day and this time. Thank you for the many gifts you have given us. 
Thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. Thank you for the material blessings that we have for the time that we have been given here. And God, may we use it all for your glory in ways that bring about your hope and healing in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, friends, and we'll hope to see you next week. Bye.